0: joining me now from some remote volcano in japan is james corbett i would uh, just stop there because everyone s- should know who james is but for those that don't he's an award-winning investigative journalist founder of the world-renowned corbett report which provides podcast interviews articles and videos about breaking news and important issues from 9 11 truth and false flag terror to the big brother police state, eugenics, geopolitics, the central banking fraud, and more. CorbettReport.com is it. If you've got questions, you can drop them in the chat. Welcome to TNT Radio, James.
1: Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here.
0: Is this your maiden voyage on TNT, or have you been on before?
1: I am racking my brain. I think this is it. So thank you. Thank you for uh, introducing me.
0: All right. You've been initiated into the (laughs) brotherhood. And so, (laughs) um, well, you know, you put out so much in-depth analysis and, and, uh, you know, because we're all all busy. I I tend to let your reports accumulate. And then every few weeks I'll binge watch everything to catch up on double speed when the kids are are sleeping until like three in the morning. Uh, You know, you you recently put out a great piece on BlackRock. And I sort of wanted to shoot the breeze uh, and get your big picture view of where we're at on geopolitics, globalism biosecurity and 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 so forth and we we have uh, similar views i think we chatted on my podcast uh, a while back and um you know maybe with geopolitics first you know looking at ukraine russia china the multipolar world uh you know there's no shortage of false flag operations we just had one recently with the ukrainian missiles flying to poland uh what's sort of your take where we're at there well, here's the
1: very, very latest as we are speaking live here on, well, the 22nd of November here in Japan, 21st for people back in the U.S. Uh, area. Uh, the very latest is that apparently, according to Reddit and other reputable sources of information like that, oh my God, guys, the NATO Parliamentary Assembly has just declared Russia to be a terrorist regime and they're implementing some sort of new uh, new strictures and systems against it and, and passing various uh, resolutions Condemning Russian aggression and blah blah blah, but except when you actually so this is being pushed by euro Maidan and other obviously partisan sources like that at the moment, but when you actually go to the NATO parliamentary assembly page, you find that Zelensky gave an address to the nato parliament parliamentary assembly today, and then they put past some sort of mealy mouthed resolution of basically calling on allies nato allies to agree that uh to that uh what what's the actual I should get the actual reading here um oh it's not it's not even going to be here uh a, a passed a series of resolutions calling on the 30 NATO allies to intensify backing for Ukraine's resistance and support the country's integration into Euro-Atlantic institutions in other words a giant big nothing burger wow the NATO parliamentary assembly passed a big resolution today calling on you the states to basically do what they're continuing to already do, it's absolute meaningless garbage. But when you filter it through the social media hype phase, it suddenly becomes some sort of big meaningful thing, and you have the, the galaxy brains over in Reddit and other social media spaces pontificating, oh, this means they're about to blame them for sabotaging the Nord Stream pipeline and it's all going down, guys. So unfortunately this is the state of uh of what's going on over there, which is to say just nonstop partisan propaganda. And to be fair, I think the partisan propaganda comes on both sides, and you get um, obfuscation and ridiculous stories coming on both sides. We just saw, of course, the retreat from Kursan. And what did we get for after Russia was promising, absolutely, guys, you are now part of Russia. We're there for you. We defend you. Suddenly they turn tail and run, and everyone who was in any way cooperating with Russian presence there is now being rounded up presumably tortured and killed, but of course the Western media won't report on that part. But anyway, Russia has just completely abandoned um, any pretense that they were going to stick up for that particular region and the people who are living there. So it's just, I mean, it's just a mess all around. And there is, at this point, here's the real, I mean, if you want the real macro perspective, the real question in this should be, what's the out? What is the out for Putin and for NATO that they can back down from this and both claim to have saved face. And that is becoming harder and harder to even contemplate at this point. How's it going to end? That should be what the entire world is concerned about right now. But unfortunately, it just seems like every single news cycle is just an excuse to ratchet up the uh, the tensions.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're upping the ante. And as uh, they use that phrase, uh, off ramp, there, there, there seem to be less and less off ramps. We're, we're going to jump to our news break. We'll be right back. The latest post on Corbett Report is a flashback from 2010 with uh, James, your interview with Michael Murphy and J. Edward Griffin. And uh, that made me think, I, I interviewed my, the late Michael Murphy in 2012. So he, he used to do, he did a great uh, work. And so, you know, the, the geopolitical, as you were saying, they just seem to be upping the ante from Nord Stream, Crimea, uh, you know, Dugina assassination. Now, these... Uh, missiles flying into Poland. It seems like the West just wants to escalate things. And then I don't know exactly what they're shooting for, like literally World War Three. And uh, as you say, Russia is, I think, weaker than it portrays itself. And they, they use a lot of propaganda and the alternative you know, media telegram and whatnot to, to make them look stronger. And yeah, I've got no idea how this ends. And, you know, any further thought on the geopolitics before we? uh, Well, yeah, let me just say that. um, Yes, you're
1: exactly right. I don't think I don't think the West wants it to end, of course, because I I think this is, you know, Afghanistan 2.0. Let's draw them into some trap and basically keep them bogged down there and more of attrition and over years will basically collapse the regime. Yay. Um, So I, I think that strategy is fairly obvious. On the other side of it, I truly, truly do not understand what Putin thinks he's going to get out of this at this point, or in what way this is going to come to an end, this whole... Uh, the special military operation. Don't call it a war, guys, or we'll arrest you. Um, is about denazification of the Ukrainian state. How's that going? M- meanwhile, they're doing prisoner swaps, giving away most of their their Azov prisoners for in return for a, a few people from Russia. I mean, it's just it's on its face. There's no there's no stratagem here. There's no sense that there is some sort of end goal in mind on the Russian side of it either. This is just madness. But unfortunately, it's madness that plays beautifully, perfectly into what we were talking about on your podcast before. Not just the biosecurity state, which of course both Russia and the West are 100% on board with, but also the Great Reset. Because obviously this plays into all of those agendas. The uh, the destabilization of the, the energy supply in Europe and the economic effects of that, the su- supply chain disruptions, all of it just boy does that serve the the bug burger agenda.
0: Yeah, we just saw French President Macron this week or over the weekend call for a single global order. Uh basically he said one world government and and you know that's how we translate it and you know when we say we're crazy conspiracy crackpots but when he says it, you know, he said single global order because he said we have this Chinese You know, probably Russian and and US order. We need a single global order. And just as you said, using the pretext of, you know, war and whatnot to to get us all to come together and sing kumbaya. And I think, you know, my my two big focuses are world government, global governance, and the biosecurity state, which I like to call the algorithm ghetto. And, you know, just in Latin America, for example, recently we saw Lula win in Brazil and he's been calling for a sur a common currency for uh, South America. And Rafael Correa, the ex-Ecuador president, came out and said, we need to create an EU-like South American Union. And the Mexican president, just last month, was talking with Blinken and openly said, we need to integrate Canada, U.S., and Mexico, just like the EU. And then, you know, Macron saying we need one world government. Um, And then we got the G20 meeting. I'm sure you've been looking at that in, in Indonesia, where the ministers were calling for the implementation of one global who approved vax certificate digital passport for the next pandemic so you know what are your thoughts on on all of these yeah
1: no you raise you raise such a good point there which is i'm sure something that everyone in in your audience in my audience would would have picked up on but um it needs to be underlined is that this is a stratagem that is employed um by the propagandists um on on the other side of the the ledger as it were when we say it it's absolute baseless conspiracy theory. We say, "Oh, look at they're trying to construct a one world government. They're calling it the new world order, blah blah blah." Total conspiracy crackpot nonsense. But when they say it, "Hey, let's let's construct a one world order under a new world order." Uh, then that's totally Fine. Totally reasonable. When we say, hey, look, this is going to turn into uh, vaccine passports that'll be integrated into digital IDs that will be used to control our movements. Crazy. C- cr- you, you think Bill Gates is trying to microchip people with vaccines? You're an insane... V- conspiracy theorists, when they come out and say, hey, we need the WHO to do a global v- vaccine passport system, then it's like, oh, that's totally reasonable. So it, we see this over and over, even even with regards to that flashback that I just posted. When we talk about stratospheric aerosol injection, oh my god, that's absolute crackpot lunacy. But when, I don't know, John Brennan <laughs> gets up there as ex-director of the CIA and st- talking about the need for, you know, it might be a good idea to be spraying things in the sky to dim the, the sun, that that's just the, well, of course, of course the CIA is looking at it. So that, I mean, we we need to really, I I, I would say highlight that as it happens, because um, as has become the meme online in the past couple of years, you know, I need new conspiracy theories because my old ones all all turned out or are all fact now or whatever the, uh, I wish I knew what that meme said, but people know what I'm talking about.
0: We don't have to highlight it because YouTube does it for us. Uh, I don't know if you caught, uh, you know, we had the World Government Summit a while back, uh, and it's World Government Summit, and the title of one of the talks was New World Order, and YouTube actually flagged it. <laughs> it's conspiracy theory. So, you know, it's just so esque. And, um, you know, what's your, you know, any further take on the vaccine passport? That's the thing that freaks me out the, the most because it was Article 23, I think, of the G20 agreement, and... It, it's implied you won't be able to travel at all anymore. You know yeah. you'll be stuck in Japan. I'll be stuck in in Mexico. I'll probably I'll probably by land, uh, you know, using a, or using a narco submarine be able to go back and forth between the U.S. But um, you know, it's was that a narco submarine or anarcho submarine? Yeah. No no, 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 narco submarine. You know, <laughs> you can you can Google uh, search that on. We all live in a narco submarine. <laughs> hey, the, 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 there's a there's. A, I just gave you a free inspiration for you know a, a future song uh, for you. But um, but uh, you know, it seems like they're coming Ooh. hard and fast. The digital ID, the cashless. Uh, You know, your thoughts on their advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: This is so utterly, incredibly important. And uh, as I have been saying for years now, what we have lived through really, truly at base was the precedent setting time for a number of things. And one of the big precedents That is going, that is already, we are starting to see take shape out of this is the global vaccine passport system. They're now, as you say, calling for it at the G20. Hey, we need the WHO to operate a global vaccine passport system. And we know what this is, we know how this will be used. We just saw exactly how this will play out in the as we're told, constantly the next pandemic, because this was a once-in-a-century unbelievable event, but it's suddenly going to take place every few years now, because that's what's needed for the global government agenda. And, of course, I mean, as hor- horrible as that is, and the fr- the limiting of people's movements across borders, of course it doesn't end there. This is really just the thin edge of the wedge of the digital ID, which is I think, the real capstone of the pyramid of all of this, because that will be control of every person down to the individual level, their movements, their transactions, their interactions, where they can go, what they can talk about. That is how the total technocratic lockdown, the digital gulag, will come into place. And so that's, I think, what we need to be absolutely focused on at this
0: moment. And uh, out in the UK, Seek for Truth does great uh, work. And he just tweeted what was exactly on my mind. He said FTX was a false flag to usher in CBDCs. And from the very beginning, my thesis has been that by hook or by crook, wittingly or unwittingly, you know, Bitcoin and cryptos were uh, a Trojan horse to bring us into the CBDCs. And now you see them collapsing these exchanges saying, oh, look, all these people losing money. Yeah, it's the classic false flag strategy. What what's your take on, you know, FTX and all of this uh, the the collapse of of all these uh, exchanges. What at this happening at the same time that the Federal Reserve is running pilots with 12 central banks to usher in the CBDC.
1: Right. Well, I I I hope people would go back and look at my work. I've done for example a uh, a uh, an article and a, I believe a podcast episode. Was it a podcast episode as well on the Bitcoin PSYOP? I also, I also did a questions for Corbett on the Bitcoin PSYOP. And a, yes, it was a podcast. So I've done some work on this and I hope people will go back and take a look at that because my fundamental thesis is that it has been a PSYOP to try to convince people that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain and CBDC and all of these things are all the same thing. And it's all just this one thing, so that eventually they'll be able to, yeah, they'll crash some exchange somewhere and then tell you, okay, now here's the official government approved digital money, and here it is, and it'll be the CBDC. So in a sense, I'm in accord with what you're saying. But in a completely uh, other sense, I think it's important to understand the distinctions that are going on here. Saying that the collapse of FTX, which was a stupid Ponzi centralized crypto uh, exchange, is in any way reflective of cryptocurrency itself, or the idea, is part of that PSYOP. It would be like saying, oh, Lehman Brothers collapsed in 2008, therefore the U.S. dollar collapsed. No, no, the U.S. dollar has nothing to do with Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers was one particular bank that was operating in a stupid way that collapsed. Um, That did threaten to melt down all this derivative toxic subprime mortgage nonsense and all of that, but that was... That, uh, that was the, the the sort of financial side of it. Same way with FT- FTX. It's a centralized crypto. Uh, sorry, it's a centralized exchange, which has nothing whatsoever to do with Bitcoin itself or with cryptocurrency. But people have been psyoped into thinking that exchanges are cryptocurrency. I think we need to break through that conditioning because if we do not understand what is at stake here in the difference between centralized and decentralized currencies and what it, even what an exchange is or how it operates, we will absolutely be tricked into essentially going down that CBDC path which is absolutely the wrong path to take right now
0: and uh, you recently wrote about uh BlackRock in a two part series i haven't been able to uh read it yet but just you know for you what is cuz this is related to what we're talking about the CBDCs BlackRock there's you know ESG and um they're just eating up the world blackrock uh, you know what 's important for you when it comes to you know larry fink and and, and so forth
1: Yes, for people who haven 't been following it, yes, Larry Fink has essentially taken over Wall Street, if not the entire financial world over the course certainly of the past decade, um, now with the ten trillion plus dollars under management of Blackrock Inc directly, and then through their subsidiary, which is uh, uses the Aladdin software uh, system. Um, it, they're managing risk for something like $20 trillion or something like that of assets, which is just, it's insane. It's its absolutely unthinkable. How did he get into this position? That's part of what I'm charting in this series. It's going to be a three-part series. I've so far released the first two parts. But at any rate, um, that is what I'm charting. But what's coming next, as you will al- allude to there, is the ESG social credit score nightmare. Because for people who haven't been watching... Um, one thing that Larry Fink has been stressing in his annual letters to to CEOs, uh, which he writes every year, is ESG, social, uh, uh, corporate governance, um, environment. Basically, these are going to be the new metrics and uh, BlackRock is all on board with that. And when you have $10 trillion under management, you can start to throw that weight around to start to shape people's uh, start shaping investors' decisions on what 's important and how they report metrics and things like this so i 'm sure your audience is already familiar with the ESG scam and what it is about, but ultimately this is this is the social credit system that we 're always warning about the black mirror style social credit, but on a sort of on a corporate level. And uh, that, that is already being slotted into place. Really, the only question left for these would-be controllers of the world is who gets to run it and who gets to choose the metric and thus decide, essentially, the course of human civilization. And I think Larry Fink wants to at least have a, a seat at the table for that conversation.
0: We've seen some pushback in states like Louisiana, um, and, and And a few others were which said they're pulling uh, half a billion or a billion of their funds out of Blackrock, although I did recently see Canada pensions say they're going to be pulling money out of firms that don't abide by e s g which mm-hmm. is actually not even mm-hmm. legal and I had a friend over the weekend who works here you know, in, in mexico he works for i think for a company that's owned by um India, but that they started getting the e s g checks. And they were asking them for their like electricity bills and they wanted everything like, um, individualized and they're like, well, we just get one electricity bill for the entire building. Like w- w- most of the things they, they were not able to provide, you know, for this ESG sort of investigation because, uh, you know, it, they were even asking about, you know, how many trans people do you have employed and all, all of these things. So it's already mm-hmm. starting to seep in, um. We're going to take a break. Again, the website, James Corbett, is uh, Corbett Report. That's two T's, corbettreport.com. We'll be right back after this break. And we're back with James Corbett on our fa- final uh, segment. His website is corbettreport.com. From there, you can subscribe, subscribe to his Substack, and of course, donate to keep him, uh, to support him, and keep him uh, doing the great work that he's doing. Just on that final note regarding the ESG, I was mentioning we saw some pushback, but. Um, Do you take that serious or do you see BlackRock just marching ahead?
1: It could be serious. Let's put it this way. If I think the public was informed on this issue and understood the implications of it and where this is heading, I think it could be um, one of those things where politicians always love to jump out in front of a parade and pretend that they're leading it. So the real question here is public opinion. And if public opinion is overwhelmingly, A, well-informed on this issue, and B, uh, against the ESG metrics that are that are coming into place, then I think there could be a significant movement against it. At the, at the very least, you could see pockets of resistance here and there that I think could uh, detach themselves from this new corporate control grid that's coming in. However, do you think we are at that level of public understanding? I I tend to think not. That's part of why I do what I do, is because I think we need to inform people of what the real agenda is here because of course it's going to cloak itself in all whatever the buzzword of the moment is hey we're we're all on board with uh, people's human rights and oh we're all about saving mother earth or whatever you guys are into these days that's what this is about um we have to show that no there is a much deeper and darker agenda to this and i think a well-informed public would be able to put up real resistance to this and that would be reflected by like in louisiana or wherever else where they say well we'll stop investing in in blackrock or esg um, compliant corporations we'll see about that i don't know if it's at this point i'm not exactly holding my breath for that but I, i i think that the mass awakening is happening and we've got to do what we can to help spread this information to i think the people who
0: would be interested in hearing this Very good. More optimism. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to get your thought on uh, elections. I know you're uh, Canadian, but we have got the stuff going on in the U.S. We have the primaries. There's uh, shenanigans, uh, they say, going on in Maricopa County. And then in Brazil as well, Lula by a hair apparently beating uh, Bolsonaro. But apparently there's a lot of people out on the streets. and, And now in Brazil, people protesting Bolsonaro's loss are having their bank accounts frozen and so w- what do you in, in some regards you know i, I can't say but you know I, I it wouldn't be difficult to come to the conclusion that uh the the election was stolen from bolsonaro if that's the case then it just seems like this you know globalist soros machine is just perfecting you know their ability to meddle with election integrity across the planet from canada to usa to, to brazil and it's just uh on that front, we're losing. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on with the elections in the U.S. or or Brazil?
1: Well, I am a Canadian in Japan who is also an anarchist, so my levels of detachment from the selection system are multiple. But um, here's here's what I think is important from that. Um, you just alluded to that incredible story happening in Brazil right now, where protesters against the selection results are having their bank accounts frozen where have we seen that before oh that's right of course canada broke the seal on that particular technocratic tool earlier this year and uh now we're going to start seeing that normalized as if that's the thing you do when there are mass protests in a country right Um, So uh, that to me is absolutely bone-chilling, regardless of whatever voting machine tells you whatever the results supposedly were from whatever rigged selection there was in the first place that means nothing and will change nothing, I could care less. But hey imagine like the the incredible ramifications of the normalization of this freezing bank accounts and of course it will always be done to a few people at a time just to just to sort of test the waters but it is coming for everyone else and this is exactly feeding into that global vaccine passport slash social uh credit slash digital id slash digital currency digital gulag that we were talking about earlier
0: and I, I, I've been mentioning that to people here in Mexico. I was I was citing the case as well of uh, Alina Lipp, who was recently on TNT, German journalist uh, out in Ukraine, Crimea, and she had her bank account frozen by Germany slash EU, Berlin and Brussels, and then they closed her mother and father's bank account, who have nothing to do with anything. And then the the bank manager, her mother, in an interview was saying. um, Know, what do i do i can't buy food now the bank manager just coldly says i oh, just go to a church or something and ask for food but when i tell that to people here like my my paypal is is was uh frozen by the department of homeland security this german lady and her whole family have their bank accounts frozen and they're like oh oh that's nice like uh you know back, back to my netflix like what what you just said people are not registering it like they don't care because it's happening to you You know you this other person but they don't get that this is going to become a normal Part of society very soon, and they just don't care i just i yeah I would say uh, the common theme of what
1: we 're talking about here is that people will will perish for lack for the for their ignorance for their lack of knowledge, and um th- that's why w- the only thing that will actually change anything is to fundamentally change the conversation and to awaken enough of the population to these issues. And we are having that effect. And that's why, as I state constantly, that's why they are working so hard to censor voices like yours, like mine from these mainstream spaces. They do not want us out there because every time there is a fair fight um, between truth and lies, truth tends to win. It really does. And I, I've seen that myself over the years, having I mean, literally, it it never fails to astonish me. Just some random guy in Japan from his living room with a beat-up old laptop managed to build up an audience of nearly 600,000 people on YouTube, tens if not hundreds of millions of views around the globe. Incredible. I mean, I would never have imagined that in my wildest dreams. So of course, what do they have to do? They have to come in and start censoring, deleting channels, uh, algorithmically limiting your reach, making it so you can't post corporate report links on Facebook or whatever other shenanigans they're playing today. Um, Of course, they have to do that because we are having an effect. So that's why I'm here doing what I do. I can't say how this is going to turn out, but I know that if we give up what we are doing and if the people out there who are supporting our work and helping to get this message out to others, if they stop what we're doing, I know we will lose. So it's an easy choice for me as to what to how to proceed.
0: In terms of resistance, I was just thinking about this the other day here in Mexico, for example, we got a population of 125 plus uh, million and you know, people are marching over the past weekend. They were marching uh, for different reasons, uh, electoral issues and um you know just imagine if you don't need that many people if it was like you know five percent of mexicans that'd be like you know plus five million They, they can't kill you know the government can't kill that amount of people so you know you just need a couple percent percentage of the population no yeah I I really do think that
1: that is the case. Most people, most of the time, are going with the flow. And the flow, if the flow changed or if their perception of what that flow is changed, they would go with that. And I think that's what explains almost every sort of revolutionary change that we ever see, is just people perceiving, oh, there's something different happening now. Okay, I'm on that bandwagon. Um, So yes, it is the few percent on either side of an issue that really do make the difference. And we could be that few percent if we understood and acknowledged our our role, our power, how many of us there really are, as opposed to how many they tell us there are. Oh, you're a weird fringe minority. There aren't many people out there like you. No, there are, but they are keeping you divided from each other in every way possible, not just by algorithmically censoring and limiting your reach and ghost uh, banning and shadow banning and all of that, but also by the psychological manipulation of groups to get them fighting with each other. I agree with you about 99.9% of what we believe, but that 0.1%, I can't believe you don't believe that, you're a shill, I hate you, (laughs) is unfortunately all too common in this independent media space, as I'm sure you probably know by now. I mean, uh, so unfortunately, uh, the people who seek to rule the world have spent a very long time, centuries at least, really studying human behavior and psychology in order to better manipulate people and keep them divided. We need to come together. People who understand the gravity of the moment that we're in, this is not about personal egos or your share of some alt-media space or whatever it is. This is about saving the human species. I am not joking when I say that. This is what it's about. So I hope people understand the hour of the time. We do not have much time left. They, the digital ID grid and all of this is coming into place. We need to act now. Come together. Stop with the petty, stupid squabbling and infighting and and come together on the most important issues of not just our lifetime, but presu- presumably the, the the course of human civilization. And if you put... As petty squabbles and things ahead of that, then you are certainly not on my team. And that makes, unfortunately, that makes you my enemy.
0: Yeah, this is bigger than, you know, World War II, World War I. This is the, you know, the final revolution. You mentioned independence. As I often
1: say, this is World War Three. For people who don't understand what World War Three is, we are in it and we are the targets and our governments are the ones waging it against us.
0: That's it, and uh, you know, in terms of independent media, real quick, we got two minutes uh, to midnight. It, it seems to be still going strong. Um, we got these alternatives, you know, Rumbles are, are um, rising in, in, in viewership. Uh, Odyssey Library lost its case uh, from the SEC, but you know, any thoughts on how alt media, independent media, is is, is doing at the moment?
1: Well, I am just hardened by the fact that people are looking for alternatives. People now understand that, yes, these are controlled platforms. Although, weirdly enough, I've seen even people in my own audience saying, you know, YouTube is getting better. They're not censoring as many people now. (laughs) So there's always backsliding. But I think more people are aware that, at the very least, oh, there is censorship going on. This is an issue. And they are looking for alternatives I hope that they inform themselves about those alternatives and maybe the Peter Thiel money behind Rumble and the sort of censorship Rumble does. Maybe hmm, maybe we don't want to get back on another centralized uh, platform, but at the very least, people are looking for alternatives and that is part of the win.
0: Yeah, that's one reason I didn't want Substack and I have my own website, but um, because Substack is also centralized and you don't know tomorrow what's gonna happen Good. with Substack, but I think Good. I'm gonna open one just, just as well. Uh, all right, last uh, one minute left, you know any final thought and then again, best places for people to find you and uh, support you. Uh, people can find me at
1: corbettreport.com, c-o-r-b-e-t-t-report.com, and all of my work is available 100 percent for free. I only ask for people to support the work if they are regular listeners or viewers and they like it. So, um, but on that note, if uh, if there's anyone out there who who likes this type of alternative media and what you are doing and what TNT Radio is doing, I hope they will support you as well because uh, I know how much effort goes into this and how it's uh it's not exactly the life of luxury um that uh, that people do when they do this work but we're doing it because we care about the future of humanity so i hope you'll support whoever your favorite
0: independent media producer of choice is yeah tnt does accept donations so you're always on point james thank you CorporateReport.com. uh keep on listening here thank you